Hello and welcome to the Raptors Reaction Podcast for Sports Life. I'm Nani the Fan. I'm your host, Ben Lewis, speaking to you after the Toronto Raptors. I mean, it's the kind of same game as uh, as the Pelicans game, no? I mean, um, I have different matchups, obviously. It's uh, Brooklyn and uh, New Orleans are, are very similar teams. Um, but same formula for the Raptors, where they just, just did not show up defensively, did not execute uh, on either end of the floor, really. A lot of bad offense bleeding into a lot of bad defense. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, you just hate to see these kind of games, right? Because you know that at some point the Raptors will, whether it's desperation kicking in, whether it's, you know, whatever, um, they, they do start to go eventually, but, uh, at the same time, you can't put yourself this deep into the hole against good teams. Like Brooklyn's been playing well. Um, you know, New Orleans is one of the best teams in, in the West, even with the injuries, like. You just can't do this, right? The Raptors have given up 81 points in their last two first quarters. Now, 81 is a sensitive number for the Raptors, but really it, it should elicit similar levels of concern, right? Like where is the focus and the defense to start the game? I think Nick tried to address it, right, by changing the starting group because when the Raptors were poor to start uh, against New Orleans, he took out Thad Young uh, didn't really play much for the rest of the game. Same deal here today. Thad Young didn't play much of the game. Four minutes in the first half. Didn't really notice him at all. And instead, he starts Christian Coloco. And it was the same result. The Raptors were still just really, really bad at executing on offense. And when you look at this game and you just think about, you know, where do you even diagnose the Raptors and where do you put your frustrations right now? I think first and foremost, you put your frustrations on these starts, like no matter what, Nick has to find some way to get his team to respond at the start of a game. And whether that's just Nick, whether that's on the, 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 the veterans too, because let's be honest, you know, this is also a player's league and, you know, Nick can scream and yell and complain to the refs all game if he wants to, which he often does. It's ultimately on the players to sort of come in and do their jobs. Right. And when you look at the starters, they just weren't doing it. They they just weren't doing it. I mean, the first thing, and you know this, you know this, I know this, uh, everybody in the NBA knows this, the Nets definitely know this. Kevin Durant will say this to the press and just say, like, you know, we're playing the Raptors, I know I'm going to get triple teamed or whatever, and it's like, yeah, that is actually the strategy, right? So the plan is to keep him quiet. So how is it that the first play of the game, the Raptors send a double team to KD, he immediately flips it over to Kyrie, rotations aren't there, Kyrie knocks down a three. Right then, KD is allowed to drive the lane and then fade away. Now you might say, "Well, it's a fade away. That's a tough shot." Not for KD. That's a walk in the park for KD. So you're allowing him to shoot. Right. The point is, you're not even allowed, supposed to allow him to shoot. And then the next play down, KD gets fouled by Pascal Siakam. So if the, if if you know the game plan is to to trap KD and force the ball out of his hands and then rotate behind him to run them off the three, if I know that, if the other team knows that, if everyone in the league knows that this is how Nick Nurse is going to play their star players. Then how to, do you start the game allowing KD to beat you three straight times, including twice where he's able to go up for his own shot, right? And and look, the rest of the game, the Raptors did a decent job. KD only took 10 field goal attempts in this game. It's very similar to the last time the Raptors played the Nets. KD didn't really get a lot of attempts off. Well, that's the defense working, right? That's the defense being executed, but not at the start of the game. And that's the key point here. The Raptors defensively at the start of the last two games here just been abysmal. You're seeing the other team shoot in the 70s. They're getting B plus on field goal percentages. It, it's it's nasty to watch out there. And then offensively, you know, 
it's 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 shaky. I mean, look, the idea of putting Christian Coloco in the starting group, I get it. Defensively, obviously, he offers you more rim protection, something that other guys in the lineup can't offer. Obviously, you're having a lot of long rotations on the perimeter. If you're going to plan to trap KD and stuff like that, hopefully you have someone at the basket who can erase a couple of mistakes for you. But here's the thing with Christian right now, and and this and I like Christian. I think it, it's it's very already very promising that he can play for you. But you have to recognize that he's not going to give you anything offensively unless Fred is serving him up for an alley-oop lob and he's open. He is going to miss a lot of chances at the basket. And one of those plays where the Raptors, you know, hand it to Coloco in transition, a seven footer running down the lane. And you think, well, I mean, yeah, there's one defender there, but he's kind of out of position. And and you got a seven footer catching the ball with a head of momentum, two steps to the basket. Doesn't have to take a dribble. He misses the layup. Gets the putback, misses the putback. You're talking about him getting blocked twice on the same play, right? And 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 that's sort of what you can expect to see from there. And also, when you put Christian at the five, all of a sudden you are now introducing a lot of spacing issues for Pascal down low. Now that's not to say that Pascal can't play successfully with Christian, because I think they have done that at times. But the thing is, you really need to organize your offense so that you know, you know where the double teams are coming from, because just like the Raptors are going to double-team KD and force the ball out of his hands. The Nets, even though they're a team that switches a lot and, and actually concedes a lot of one-on-one matchups, even if they are bad switches, they will still ultimately help at the basket, especially against Pascal Siakam. Jock Vaughn is no dummy. So he will do that, and he will bring the double-teams over. And it was Nick Claxton coming over against Pascal pretty much the whole night. Even at the end of the game, you saw Nick Claxton come over and rotate and block Pascal. But the thing is, you need to have a five out there who's able to at least do something, right? Because look, as long as Pascal draws a double team, his job is done. And you know Pascal can distribute out of a double team, right? But you need guys who can finish chances around the basket, which Christian really wasn't doing. Or you need somebody who can, can space out the perimeter so that it can at least hold someone honest. To be honest, the Raptors don't have a spacing five in this in this, in this this group. Um, maybe if they play small ball with Scotty at the five, sometimes teams will guard him out there. But realistically, I mean, he took two threes tonight in 37 minutes. It's not like teams are going to hold you know true to Scotty's jumper the whole game, especially when we know that he is still a developing shooter on that front. So you you have Christian who was, you know, not helping with the spacing and then defensively they weren't really executing as well. And, you know, it, it's it, it's tough to watch. Now, I thought Scotty actually started the game decently. You know, he got fouled on a post up, which was nice to see. Then he hit a corner three after Pascal drove the lane. His defender, Scotty's defender, rotated over to the basket. Pascal hit a cross court pass to Scotty in the corner for three. He knocked that down. Then Pascal gets fouled by Claxton coming over, uh, you know, with the pump fake and stuff like that and, and got him to move, you know, and then, but again, you have situations where <laughs> Pascal drives, right? Takes it in deep, draws two, passes it over to Coloco under the basket and he, and he travels, right? What should have been a layup, he travels. Then Pascal attacks. Christian's guy comes over again. Pascal kicks out to the corner to Coloco for three. I've been seeing Christian work on that three nonstop at practice. He's getting up extra shots. It's great to see, but it's still a work in progress. So he misses that corner three, which again, is not his fault. But at the same time, this is what the Raptors are dealing with, right? You're seeing your 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 star player draw to do the job, handle the double team, make the comp passes, but guys aren't finishing. They're not capitalizing. That five position, that's why Nick has, has started Thad in a lot of these games, not just because Thad's able to produce and not only just because he's able to distribute or he's unselfish and you know all that kind of stuff, but Thad is actually the Raptors' most reliable 
finisher at the five, unless you really want to go small ball and put Scotty at the five, which the Raptors clearly don't want to do right now. So, you know, that's kind of the trade-off. And we saw it, right? Christian was able to impact a few uh, more shots than Thad, definitely. But at the same time, you waste some opportunities and it makes Pascal's job a lot harder. And then, yeah, meanwhile, defensively, though, I mean, look, listen, offensively, it was a struggle because the Raptors only scored 17 points. But to me, it's like the Raptors will have those moments, right? You know, they're not always going to be a fluid offensive team. I think everyone who's watched the Raptors closely understands this about them. The thing is what everyone needs to expect and everyone needs to hold them accountable for is defensively. Are they executing defensively? And when you see them uh, giving up 41 points in the first quarter alone, they are not executing defensively. When you see the Raptors have to settle into a zone coverage with nine minutes and 30 seconds left in the first quarter. So you're talking about a game where 150 seconds have elapsed on the game clock and you've already changed your defense. And this isn't just like, hey, we had this plan and we're going to shuffle between looks. This is we can't stop them at all. And now we need to go to a zone two minutes into the game. And guess what? First possession, they go into the zone. Nobody picks up Joe Harris, who is a very good three-point shooter. I understand he's having a tough season. You don't just leave a a great three-point shooter wide open and immediately he busts your zone because you left him open for three. And Joe Harris tonight, five of seven from three, knocked down half of Brooklyn's total and really got him going with that that wide open look. And then you see things like, um, you know, the Raptors are going to box and one against KD and then they're going to triangle and two. And it's like, it doesn't matter what geometry class you're trying to teach here. Like you're, you are just giving up bucket after bucket to Brooklyn. There's no execution on that front. There was no togetherness. And then offensively, they start to force things. And that's where they start to really get into trouble because not only were the Raptors not doing well in terms of their defense and, and not really scoring in terms of offense, they were also committing the worst thing you could do on offense which was committing live ball turnovers. And that's the thing for the Raptors is, yes, you need the defense. Yes, you need to win the offensive rebounding possessions. And then, yes, you need to win the possession battles by taking care of the ball. And that's where you look at plays where, you know, you got Scotty who uh, doesn't contain Edmund Sumner on the drive, gives up an and one, which is like, you know what? Okay, fine. You know, Sumner is actually a pretty good slasher and stuff like that. He's quick. You know, Scotty's not moving the greatest right now. You give up the and one. Ideally, you don't, but okay, it happens, right? What do you do the next time down? Well, Scotty's trying to bring the ball up because he's the point guard in that scenario. He's bringing the ball up. He's getting pressured by Sumner. And then uh, Sumner just picks his pocket, goes the other way. And then instead of um, coming back and, and making a, a firm play at the rim, Scotty gets too frustrated and he bodies Sumner out of bounds in a play that KD comes over to him and yells at him. The referees go over, review the play. It's a flagrant run because there's no play on the ball and he shoulders him into the first row. Uh, so, you know, that's the lack of, lack of composure from the team. And again, this is some of the stuff that, like, you just really need to see them execute more often, right? Like, you just need to see them come out of the game and be solid. Like, you can't be the team that calls the first two timeouts because you really are struggling. And then this is the two shots you cut out of the timeout. I'm not even kidding, okay? And this is not to say that this is, like, the first option that Nick called for. But these are ultimately the results you got out of having to call the first two timeouts. The first timeout, the Raptors call, they get the play, and it's Pascal kicking it to Christian Coloco in the corner for three. How is that the play? I mean, you don't even need to call a timeout for that. The Nets will give you Christian Coloco open for three anytime you want, right? And then the next timeout, the Raptors give it to Thad in the post. The Raptors don't cut. They don't make themselves available. And then Thad, at least he's able to drive and beat Markeith Morris for a flip shot. But again, my point is, how is that your go-to shot out of the timeout, right? You just need to execute better. And of course, the Raptors put themselves 
into this deep hole at times in the second quarter. The Raptors were down as many as 36 points in just the first half alone. And you might say, well, Brooklyn was hitting shots, and, and yeah, they were hot from three. Guess what? They have lots of shooters. That's what a team with, with offensive talent looks like, right? I mean, I know we're, we're all very used to watching the Raptors execute and struggle and, and get offensive rebounds and minimize turnovers, and we got to scrimp and save for everything. Brooklyn is like a rich person just coming in and just like buying out everything. Oh, it costs a lot of money, no problem. You know what I mean? Oh, I got great credit. I can get money, whatever, right? Like they literally could just walk into shots. Okay, so but but you know that's temporary, right? That's that's all temporary. Eventually they will cool off, which they did in the second half. However, there were times in that 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 first half where it was very frustrating watching them hit all sorts of contested shots. Um, but again, I just look at the execution from the Raptors because sometimes when you're really down bad like that, you really need just like your main guys to execute for you. Well, what happens? Start of the second quarter, the Raptors are trying to get just set up again another after timeout play right so the first one you get a colloquial corner three that you miss and then a thad young one-on-one play which is not a great play ultimately but he does score and then you come out of the second uh, quarter you've just literally had a, a, a time to just group together and, and make a play happen the raptors give the ball to fred it takes 14 seconds and i and i really clocked this it took 14 seconds for them to eventually get a cross screen down low and then find oj anobi for a post up against Joe uh, Joe Harris, who is not even that much smaller than OG. I mean, like, yes, he is definitely smaller than OG. Yes, that is an advantage, but at the same time, that's not a small wing who can't really body up, you know. And OG posted him, posted him, and then tried to go up for a hook shot that went absolutely nowhere. Like the shot was wild. But my point is, how does how is that the play you've set up after you just just come out of your third time regrouping with the team that you took fourteen seconds to execute that one on one? And that goes nowhere, right? And it, so you really don't have anyone to blame but yourself for some of those. The Raptors play triangle and two. They, the, the Nets just like, oh, word, okay, all right. So Nick Claxton is going to be wide open in the middle. We're going to pass him to Nick Claxton. Drive straight in for a layup. You know, like, uh, it's cool that you you run that zone and then and then Joe Harris gets a three. And you run the, a, another variation of a zone and then they walk right in for a layup. Where's the execution on that front? Sure, you can be, you can be creative. You can try to throw curveballs. You're throwing a curveball right down the middle of the plate. Right. That that's that's a meatball. That's not a curveball. That's a meatball, right? Defensively. And yeah, I mean it's uh it, it's tough. And then you see things like <laughs> just again, I'm sorry, I'm just looking through my notes and, and really these are the plays that stand out to me in terms of plays that ultimately kill you. TJ Warren has not played basketball for two years, right? Great story. He's able to come back here today, he's able to impact the game, comes in and scores 10 points off the bench, right? First play, the Raptors sprint out at him of the three-point line he he just you know easy up fake steps inside the arc knocks down a, a mid-range two which is actually his his bread and butter okay so first off i mean i mean maybe don't close out that hard but okay fine right but the thing is to me it's like we're talking about a guy who has been off for two years and he's able to beat two raptors to the defense to, to the offensive rebound kick it back out get it back and then drive the lane, and then Ken Birch, who is your center, is at the basket. Again, against a guy who has been out for two years. And TJ Warren, not only does he get the offensive rebounds possession, he finishes the layup through your center at the rim. Like, you just have to be stronger defensively, right? These are kind of plays that, like, if you're a Nick Nurse, you got to be tearing your hair out. You know, you, you're thinking about all these, like, you know, trigonometry-type defenses, and then all of a sudden, you, you, you're center, and, and you can't box out with two guys, you can't box out TJ Warren. And then you can't, your center can't force a stop at him at the rim, right? Um, and then, you know, it gets worse. Pascal picks up his fourth foul, right? This was a bad call by the referees. I'm not going to lie to you. But um, 
you know, Kyrie's driving in transition. Pascal contests because he's got three fouls already. But the, you know what? The Raptors are riding with it. They're down 36, whatever, riding with it, right? Pascal puts his hands up straight. Kyrie falls over. They call the foul. Nick Nurse says, I'm going to challenge. Doesn't even look at the review, right? You know, Pascal just says, hey, review, review. And Nick's like, you know what? I'm going to trust my guy. Let's go to review. We see the review and we're like, hey, Pascal was right. He didn't really touch Kyrie at all. He's vertical. His hands are straight up. Doesn't bump in. Doesn't like move into like, yes, contact is, is there, but he does not move into the attacking player. Has his hands straight up. What's the issue? Well, Ed Malloy comes out of that timeout. And he's like, yeah, you know what? It actually is a foul. So, Pascal, you go to the bench with four fouls. And, uh, yeah, you know, this is ultimately the result, um, you know, that that you see on the play. So, Kyrie gets to the free throw line. He knocks down, you know, his free throws. Pascal has to sit the rest of the game or at least the rest of the first half. And then it's like, well, can these guys start to do something, right? And I'm not going to lie to you. The very next play, uh, OG drives into the lane. Um, sees a help defender come over, so he dumps it off to Scotty, who was in the dunker spot. Scotty wasn't ready for the pass, and the pass spills right through his hands, right? And then you had another play where the Raptors got the stop, but then OG and Gary don't talk to each other. They fight each other for the same rebound, and it bounces out of bounds, and it's back to Brooklyn. These are the type of plays that happens after that. Then you got Scotty throwing a lob when the Raptors had a three on one fast break. And for some reason they didn't have someone running the middle of the play. They had, you know, Scotty on the, on the right wing. He sees a three on one. He throws a lob, which is not a bad call, but he threw it so high that like, I don't even think Victor Wamanyama could have caught that pass. Right. It goes out of bounds. So another play where you had a great chance, but you missed it. Then I don't know what was going on here, but they, they, they called the ISO for Christian Coloco. That's that, that's not how the game is played. That, that's actually not how the game is played. I'm sorry. That's just not how the game is played. With all due respect, some of these guys, they work hard on their games, but that that is not at, at any point within the next three, four seasons, is that a play that I want to see as as, as a consumer of the product of, of the Toronto Raptors basketball? So um, you, you have self-inflicted errors. You have ref-inflicted errors. You have the Nets making tough, tough shots. And, I mean, at that point, it was looking like a historically bad night. Like, it was really on pace for that. Now, I will have to give credit to to Scotty and then to Fred because at least they tried to sort of make this thing look somewhat respectable. I, I told you about all these plays that happened in the second quarter, right? All these plays that went, all these mistakes that went out of nowhere, the Raptors actually won the second quarter. And the reason for that is because Fred and Scotty led a comeback push. Fred with the drive, shovel pass to Coloco for a layup. That's how the game is played, okay? That's how the game is played. Not the ISO. Fred drives. Spoon feeds Coloco for a layup, and then he makes the layup. You know, there's a lot of ifs there, but ultimately, I'm I'm willing to take that play time and time again. Fred drive kicks it to Chris Boucher for a corner three wide open. He knocks it down. That's how the game is played. Then Fred drives, takes two defenders with him, misses the shot, but Boucher's there because he passed. Uh, Fred drew two. Boucher's able to follow it up for a layup. You know what? That's a bad stat on, on on Fred's box score, but at least that's a play made for the team. I'm fine with that. Then Scotty drives and dunks it. For and for for an and one misses the free throw, but still really nice to see. Right in, in transition, was able to recognize that the Nets weren't set. Crossover, quick move into the lane, explosive dunk. That's what we like to see from Scotty Barnes. Then you got Scotty Barnes, um, you know, uh, driving in transition, and he gets fouled once again. So another play where the Raptors were able to catch that slipping. And listen, I'm not trying to praise them too much for this because the Nets were up like 30. So like obviously sometimes they slip, but you know, 
Scotty and Fred were, were doing their thing and they're keeping this thing like at least somewhat close. Then you got Scotty with a step back over Marquise Morris one on one. Morris is sort of sagging back, saying, "You can have this. I don't care." And then Scotty says, "Oh, I'll just take it." And he, he makes the uh, makes the shot. And then Scotty, same move as Fred earlier, where Scotty drives in, misses the layup, but Coloco because he drew two to him, uh, his teammates open and Coloco's there for the putback. So the, the Raptors actually made a small, tiny bit of a run uh, to to sort of close the gap. Um, at the end of the uh, first half, but it ultimately wasn't really enough. And then, you know, what you were ideally hoping for in the second half was to see the Raptors come in and sort of execute and and, and make a push. And that's exactly kind of what happened. You know, like it didn't help that Fred missed a three at the start of the quarter there. Fred's really been laboring. And and to be honest, his lack of performance um, he's competing. There's no doubt about that. But his lack of performance is one of the biggest reasons why the Raptors are struggling right now. It's really tough to watch game after game these low percentages, but especially because you need him to knock down these threes because those are the shots that you need him to take. Just like you need Christian Coloco to make a layup around the basket after Pascal draws a double, you need Fred to be able to knock down open threes because that is the only hope you have. Him and Gary and occasionally OG, but to a lesser degree, those are the guys that you need to make open threes for you. And if Fred can't make that, then it's it's a real problem for the team. So he bricks a three to start. But Pascal's starting to get back into the game. Obviously, he was able to sit for a long time. So he's at this crossover, you know, go in for a layup, you know, OG, uh, drive, push off, no call, you know, finishes the layup. You know, Pascal forcing a bad shot against KD. Raptors rip the rebound. Then Scotty posts up against Royce O'Neal, score over the small defender. Pascal... Uh, uh, you know, mid-range drive, push shot, you know, KD style, honestly. It was actually a really nice move. Um, Pascal early post up against Joe Harris. He gets fouled, goes to the free throw line. Pascal forces, uh, you know, a, a, a tough mid-range shot. Um, but, uh, you know, it's it, it, like at least offensively, it was starting to to, to to look cohesive again. You know, Fred finds Scotty in the post. Scotty immediately touch passes it to OG cutting back door. OG gets fouled. Pascal gets fouled on the drive. Like a lot of good stuff was starting to happen. All of a sudden, you see the Raptors cutting into that lead, cutting into that lead. Like it's getting to the point where it's like a 15, 14 point lead midway through the third quarter, which is like obviously you're feeling upset because you just saw your team go down like 36. But in the grand scheme of things, you're really eating into it, right? And this is where I thought momentum wise, the Raptors started to really lose, you know, grip of the rope there because they were making good plays as a team at the start. The whole five man unit was making great plays, right? And they were, they were making enough things happen defensively while also you know actually executing on offense for once and they were able to eat into the lead but then a couple of key mistakes right and 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 this is where it's just really tough because you had a momentum play where fred steals the ball and the flips it ahead to og for a layup and the play after that the raptors get the stop they come back the raptors can't get the shot to drop i think fred missed another open three which is tough however scotty is fighting for the rebound and he collects the offensive rebound. He's right under the basket. And I'm not saying that he needs to go right back up with it. But if if he really knew where the position was on the floor, he would have just made the move, kept the ball, and, and made the read that he had the advantage, right, and play from there. Instead, Scotty looks to – instead of – he doesn't even look at the basket. He just t- throws a jump pass and it, to nobody in particular. The Nets actually had more players in the in above the three-point arc than what's in the, inside the arc. So – um he forces the pass. It becomes a turnover, a live ball turnover, no less. And KD ultimately ends up dunking the ball. So instead of really, you know, capitalizing on that play, you allow that dunk to happen. Then next time down, the Raptors feed Scotty in the post against a mismatch. Scotty ends up throwing like a one-legged push shot. Um, 
and then he like holds his face afterwards. You know, he's complaining about the call, but ultimately the Raptors don't get the shot, right? Raptors take the foul on the other end. Then uh, the, the the Nets are inbounding. Scotty's still talking to the ref about it. He's not really focused on the play. And his man, Royce O'Neal, slips three, uh, slips free for a three at the top. And neither him nor Pascal Siakam pick up O'Neal at the top, who, who just cashes in a wide open three off the inbound. So you had a, a point where the Raptors were really making a push in the third quarter, but all of a sudden, you know, you have these momentum breaking plays where, you know, there's complaining, there's bad shots happening, there's bad reads happening, there's mistakes happening. And then to be honest, with, with Scotty, at least I understand to some degree because he's a younger player, you know, he, he feels agreed by the officials, whatever, right? He was frustrated earlier in the game. He took a, he took a flagrant one, you know, that happened. But to me, it's like it was concerning that even Fred, who is a veteran leader on this team, the guy who we count on all the time for the emotional maturity, for the maturity on the floor, and at least to do the right thing. Maybe he's not making the shots right now, but at least hopefully he does the right thing. Well, even Fred starts to, to, to press. He throws away back-to-back turnovers. I mean, Fred, I don't even think he's averaging like two turnovers per game. If he is, it's not much more than that. And that's usually over the course of 40 minutes. For him to throw away back-to-back turnovers so so uncharacteristic from him and then he is the one trying to reach in desperately against Seth Curry I mean look listen there's pressure in the ball and then there's just like I'm just trying to force something to happen here and and, and, and it's a frustration play and so instead of the Raptors making a, a continuing their push and getting it down to single digits and everything like that instead you see the Raptors down 20 again after all their efforts they make a string of mistakes they let go of the rope and all of a sudden you know, they have to push the ball up the hill again. And then at least that's where, give them some credit. They they fought hard in that fourth quarter, man. I thought bringing in Gary um, needed to be done sooner. He was able to at least create some advantages on the perimeter. Uh, he was able to score an and one, knock down a three, and, 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 and really he was a source for a lot of the Raptors offense in that fourth quarter there. Uh, Fred finally knocks down his only three of the game, one for seven from, from deep. Uh, off an offensive rebound from OG where he fought over two guys to get to the loose ball and then kick out to Fred. Fred was able to knock it down. Then OG with a cut uh, for a dunk behind the defense. OG with an and one drive. You know, OG with another dunk. You know, it, it, plays were starting to happen. And the Raptors were actually getting enough stops. Their execution, their the defensive intensity was was notably higher. But ultimately, you're not going to make up that many points against a team like the Nets who can still knock down shots no matter what. Like, you're you're running around and chasing KD and you're running around and chasing Kyrie. Even some of their supporting guys can make shots. Nick Claxton could come in and make plays. And again, that's another area where, you know, you you lost, you know, a grip of the rope there, right? Because the Raptors were making this comeback with Chris Boucher. Um, you know, they they checked Scotty back into the game. Scotty actually took a, a really, really awkward shot. What looked like he was just completely boxed up defensively. Um, but, you know, he, you know, went to the bench and was grimacing about his knee. Then it was like, oh, my God, is he okay? He goes to the bench. He's getting some treatment. He goes to the locker room. It's like, whoa, this might be real serious. Immediately comes back, and then he checks back into the game, which is good, which is great. Again, like, it, it's, it shows a great sign of, like, courage and, and willingness to fight. But then, ultimately, when you're on the court, though, the execution has to be there. And him subbing in for Boucher meant that he was now the five in a lot of these lineups. And so the first play in, Kyrie, you know, Fred actually did a pretty good job pressuring Kyrie, forces him baseline you know, was chasing from behind. And, you know, again, that's the play. It looks like three seconds left on the shot clock. You force him towards the help and you force him into traffic. And that's where, you know, at least for Fred, it was not the greatest stop because, you know, ideally you just, you know, steal the ball or, you know, force him into a tough shot. But that is forcing him to tough shot. You're guiding him into traffic. But 
as Kyrie drove baseline and Scotty was in position, didn't have his hands up in time, and Kyrie was able to make the tough layup around him. You know, again, you just needed the contest to be stronger there. Then you got Nick Claxton on back-to-back plays where the Raptors were actually able to force misses out of Brooklyn. Claxton is the five. Scotty is the five. He doesn't box out there. Claxton gets two put-back dunks, and all of a sudden it's very similar to the the previous game where Zion's able to to, to block the shot and then come back and then make a couple plays and the dunks and get the crowd into it. That's kind of what killed it, right? And the Raptors still made a couple more pushes after that, but they were just they were just up against the clock. And ultimately, you know, they cut a thirty-six point deficit down to seven. Very impressive, but at the same time, they just ran out of time. And you know, you you just think back on this game at things like what where their execution. Um, you know, in 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 the first quarter, the the, the mistakes that the, that they made, and and that's where you really regret it. If they played with that kind of intensity in the in that they did in the second half, even with some of those like you know frustrating moments, I think the Raptors could have made a game out of this. I think the Raptors could have won this. It wasn't even like the Raptors were like you know projected by Vegas or anything like that to be like uh, a lopsided game. Like the line was one and a half. Just like the game against New Orleans was one and a half. But instead, you see the Raptors down 30 in both games because of how bad they were in the first quarters. And they just need to find a way to start the game better. But, you know, ultimately, um, they couldn't. And, uh, you know, you just need to see the Raptors sort of start to solve some problems, right? And the first problem right now is how do you get off to a good start? How do you have your, your, you know, enough composure over the course of the game where, you know, your main guys can sort of step up for you because to be honest, a lot of times in this game where your main guys, whether that's Fred not making plays, whether that's Scotty not making plays, Pascal forcing shots and getting into foul trouble, you know, that's those are the kind of players that are ultimately responsible for the the performance of the team. And and when those guys don't really have it or when they let go of the rope, it really, really spells trouble for the rest of the team. So I'm going to take a quick break right here. Um, look at some of the quotes from the team. Uh, I'm sure a lot of them are unhappy, but you know, obviously they have another game tomorrow, so they can't be too upset about this whole thing. And, um, and, and, and yeah, try to pass those along. So uh, you've been listening to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Welcome back to the Raptors Reaction Podcast on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Continue to recap the Toronto Raptors 114-105 loss to the Brooklyn Nets, dropping them to 11-11 on the season. More importantly, 3-9 and on the road. They need to find some way to be competitive on the road. This is not, I mean, obviously the last two games are, are I mean, the last two games are fairly obvious what's going on, but they need their defense to travel. Um, and defensively, they just weren't there. Um, looking through some of the quotes post game, um, really only one stands out. Fred says, uh, we suck right now, which is, uh, I mean, it's pretty blunt. I mean, but it's true. Like the Raptors really are not giving themselves a chance to even be in these games right now with the way they're starting the game. So, they need to figure that out. And I think for Nick, you got to continue to shuffle that starting lineup. I, I I don't think Coloco in that starting group is the right answer there. It does make a lot of issues for you in terms of the spacing. And your spacing is already pretty bad as it is right now because nobody's really guarding Scotty out there. No one's really even trying to get out to OG all that much. Although OG can at least knock down catch and shoot threes. Then a lot of chances tonight. Um Fred is not knocking down threes for you, and that's a big problem because that's the shot that he needs to knock down for you. He's not hitting those. And so you all of a sudden have a starting group where you only have three threes made um, while each player attempted at least two, right? And so, I mean, when we talk about three threes, like Royce O'Neal made three threes. 
You know what I mean? By himself. So your whole starting group making three threes is an issue. I think they need to look at uh, changing it again. Honestly, I don't really see why Gary couldn't be with the starting group right now. I think they're clearly finishing games with Gary. But if the idea is to sort of get him some scoring pop off the bench, um, you know, at least Gary's producing on that front. So you can't necessarily say that that's wrong. But who are you going to be starting with that group? And honestly, if you're talking about the Raptors lacking energy to start games, why not look at Chris Boucher to start a game? Because if there's one thing Chris is going to do, and I'm not saying that Chris is a perfect player, but I know Chris Boucher is going to come in and bring some energy, right? And you look at it tonight, you know, he was able to bring that energy. Now, of course, he's also, strangely enough, fallen into a similar pattern of late where he's not finishing a plays around the basket. And obviously, he's got to solve that because normally he's actually pretty good at finishing around the hoop in addition to the fact that he can knock down a couple of shots here or there for you. But honestly, I wouldn't mind. The Raptors continue to struggle. I want to see the starting lineup continue to, to shuffle, right? And, and and until we find who that fifth guy is on a night-in, night-out basis, I don't mind Nick continuing to go and continue to look. But, um, you know, that wasn't quite there for them tonight. Uh, I mean, in, in terms of some of the other performances, I, I think, um, you know, with with Scotty, obviously there's been a there's been a big focus, and I thought he actually played pretty well at at times. You know, was able to rebound for you, uh, was able to hustle. I thought this was actually one of his better games in terms of some of the things he was able to execute. But you know, at the same time, you look at it, seven turnovers is, is kind of a killer, and some of those were a, a really really timely turnovers that really weren't going anywhere. And so you look at it, it's some of it's just like the the handle just needs to get sharper, you know, like. I think the ambition is very clear. He wants to play point guard. He wants to be one of those point forwards. Well, you know, Pascal is a, a classic point forward, especially what he's made himself into. No turnovers tonight, despite being the focal point of the, of the defense, despite being uh, double teamed for a lot of it too, especially playing in traffic in the lane, not a single turnover, right? And then Fred, you know, I mean, look, it was bad to see Fred throw away passes back to back. Those are the only two turnovers he had. 41 minutes, right? He doesn't really turn it over. So if you're going to be the third main ball handler, the turnover's got to be low. Seven is is alarming for Scotty, right? And when you look at things like the assist-to-turnover ratio, obviously I'm not going to look at it tonight, right? But on the season, it's like two to one. It's 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 almost like one and a half to one like to, to, at this point, right? The turnover's got to get better, and a lot of that just comes down to the handle. He's not getting to all the spots that he wants to get to. And, of course, this is putting aside the, the injury issues, which, like, What's going on, right? A lot of these games, he's looking really hobbled. But it's also kind of confusing because he'll look hobbled, and then, but he'll come back into the game and throw down a monster dunk, as we saw at the end of this game here tonight, where the last minute of the game, Fred's trying to push the break. No one's really open. And then he eventually finds Scotty cutting down the lane for a very, very emphatic dunk. So that tells you at least, okay, it looks like the knee's okay. Then again, there's this constant worry. Like, is he going to be okay? Is he not going to be okay? And and you just want to get to the bottom of it. Like, what is sort of causing this? Is he really that hurt? Is it sort of like we need to sort of like take him out of the game for an extended period and let him rest? Every time you ask Nick about it, he's always like, he's fine. When you ask Scotty about it, he says he's fine. But then when you watch it, there's a disconnect, right? So what is specifically going on there? And to be honest, you might even have to look at the same thing for Fred, right? Because I don't think Fred looks nearly like himself, right? He missed some time early in the season with a back injury. And... um you know, when he was able to come back from that, it was like the normal prognosis for an injury, right? He's hurting, he recovers with the time off, and he comes back and he performs. Since he's got this flu, like, the performances are, are inconsistent. I'm not saying that he's still sick or anything like that. Uh, you know, I, I saw some people who, who really tried to take that too far. I'm just trying to say that, like, since he's been sick, the performance has been really up and down. You look at the game last game, he finishes with two points, uh, shoots like 
one of eight from the field, gets himself ejected. Obviously, that's a horrible game. How does he bounce back and respond? 10 points on 4 of 14 shooting. You know, and look, he competed defensively. There's no doubt about that. He really did compete defensively, but that's just not enough, right? That's just not enough um, because you need more from him in that position. And so how do you get him back to being fully healthy? Is it is it, is it a health issue with, with Fred? Is it a health issue with Scotty? Those are the two guys I'm actually really curious about right now. But ultimately, you know, until you sort of find some of those answers, like you, you really are going to continue to struggle and 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 um, need to search for your offense. And in that case, look, listen, if your backcourt is giving you that little, sending Gary to the bench right now doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense to me, right? Like I actually want to see more Gary in the game, like against New Orleans. You know, Gary had 35. Obviously, like, duh, you want to see more of a guy who had 35. But when Gary's in the game, he can at least execute his game offensively. And the Raptors don't have as many lulls. So I even, you know, even though I think people are right to point out that Gary's defense isn't as good as some of the other guys, to be honest, I'm not praising nobody's defense in a game like this. Nobody's defense is, is really standing out to me. Um, and, and it's not like Gary was, you know, bad in, in this game. He still got two steals in, in this performance. So probably more Gary. Figure out what's going on with Scotty and Fred, and please continue to shuffle the starting lineup until we find something that produces some consistency. And if it's about energy and a lack of it to start the game, maybe look at Chris. You look at the next coming coming game tomorrow night against Orlando. Thankfully, it's back at Scotiabank Arena, but the Raptors' main guys all played heavy minutes today and played hard as well. Can they have enough energy? And if the energy is in question, if you need length, you know, Chris makes some sense for me. Right. So maybe we see Chris, maybe we see Christian, maybe we see Thad. Who knows? Right now, it's sort of a, a big question mark. But anyway, to, to wrap up the show, I'm going to hand out the three stars. Um, first star for me. I, I mean, I, I I think OG probably gets it um, out of all the main guys. I didn't really have any issue with anything OG did in this game. I thought Pascal with the foul trouble early. You just can't do that. You can't put your team in that position. Scotty with the untimely plays and the turnovers really killed a lot of the comeback pushes. And then Fred not making the open threes and the, sh- the shots that he's supposed to make and then the back-to-back turnovers and the, the fouls. I have a, I'm not giving it to him either because that's also not something that you just need a lot more composure from your guy. Like, at minimum, you need the composure, and, and those guys weren't giving it to you. So I guess I'll give it to Scotty or to, to OG. 21 points, 6 rebounds, and assists, 2 steals, 8 of 16 from the field, 5 of 7 from uh, free throw. He competed hard with having to guard KD. KD only had 17 points on 6 of 10 shooting. The Raptors did double him and stuff like that. But ultimately, I thought OG did as good of a job as you possibly can against KD both times the Raptors have played KD. And then offensively, OG's contributed as well, right? There's a lot of post-mismatches, stuff like that, and the Raptors able to find OG in advantageous positions for him to use his size. Didn't turn the ball over today with OG, which has been a a big sign for him. So uh, I'll say well done to him. And then your second star, probably give it to Gary, 16 points. Uh, coming off the bench, knocked down two of six from three, uh, had a couple of self-generated ones as well, which is nice to see. Just not a lot of self-generated threes on the Raptors with the two steals as well for Gary. Um, yeah, I mean, it, it feels weird that he only played 26 minutes. I really thought he could have played more in this one. But, uh, you know, ultimately, I guess he's coming off the bench, so that does cap how many minutes he can ultimately play. And then your third star, I mean, I, I mean, there's, I'm just running out of players, so I guess to Pascal, I guess, 24 points, seven rebounds, four assists, a steal, played way better when he was on his fifth foul defensively than at any other point. And it was more focused. It was much more, uh, it was still energetic, but he was using his positioning better, less reaches, obviously knowing that if he reaches one more time that he might just get out for the game. I thought Pascal was able to actually keep himself on the floor, play more solid uh, positionally, maintain his intensity. And at least for the second half, he was able to affect the game. So 
Um, those are your three stars, but ultimately, you know, you just can't get that that badly. Like this, this game really, really um, got out of hand for the Raptors way too quick, and and uh, it was cool to watch them try to chase it. And at times, it looked like the chase was really on, but um, they just weren't able to sustain it. Uh, in terms of your Gerald Henderson Award winner. Probably go to Joe Harris. He's been struggling this season. Uh, he's coming off of, I think, ankle surgery and things like that. So it, it's it's not easy. But uh, what? He has 17 points on 6 of 8 shooting, 5 of 7 from 3, 5 rebounds, 4 assists. Defensively was okay as well, though he fouled out. Um, yeah, I mean, he played well. You can give it to TJ Warren as well here. Probably give it to Nick Claxton. He's hurt the Raptors in each time the Raptors have played him. But uh, yeah, I'll give it to I'll give it to Joe. Um, he, he was really on fire from three at the start, and I think the Nets started seven to seven from three too. Like, yeah, uh, sometimes teams remind you uh, just how easy offense can be uh, because sometimes you forget about that when you watch the Raptors play all the time. So um, yeah, we'll we'll hopefully see if they bounce back. I mean, that's the exact same thing I said after the Pelicans game. But uh, as, as people who are just on this side of it, just watch the game or fans of the game fans of the Raptors, you just want to see them come out stronger, professional, composed, and then maintain that energy throughout the game. It cannot be stop and start. It cannot be all these errors. And if, you know, if they have any chance to compete, and I mean, not even compete, I mean, like, even against teams like Orlando, even if you want a chance against Orlando, you need to come out a lot stronger. So hopefully they do that tomorrow night. Uh, But in any case, I'll be back to recap it then. So thanks everyone for listening. Continue to rate, review, subscribe. And uh, yeah catch the react pod tomorrow after the game